Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. Space is really big, really far away, and we need really complicated instruments to study it. But even once we have all those images of treasure troves of data, we need to fossick through them using new techniques to try and discover things hidden inside it. Whether that be images of black holes, images of asteroids spinning themselves apart, or even maybe applying the same techniques down here on Earth to discover endangered species. All this week or more, astronomical techniques for imaging. Now this week the whole world has been marvelling at the photos taken from the Event Horizon Telescope team, a very, very large team of scientists working across the world, piecing together all of that information, the petabytes of it, to try and analyze and find and capture an image, the first image of a black hole. A lot of that work relied on the fantastic insight of Dr. Katie Bowman, who has pieced together an algorithm that actually splices together data, petabytes of data, from eight different telescopes to make one massive telescope to find it and produce that wonderful image. She first outlined the concept when she was a PhD student, now working at the Harvard-Smithsonian Center in analyzing and coming up with new ways to find even more exciting things using the Event Horizon Telescope. But that's not the only game in town when it comes to finding unusual objects in space. So this week we're going to look at some other research from across the world that have been using different types of scientific instruments, telescopes, to find even more extraordinary objects in space. Nevertheless, the achievements of the EHT team, in particular Katie Bauman, is one worth noting and acknowledging, because it's the first time we've actually captured an image of a black hole. Now when it comes to spotting things in space, we often have to rely on pretty odd techniques to try and find either obscuring or the changing of light conditions to identify exactly what something is. Now some objects like pulsars or quasars, they're pretty easy to spot because they are naturally oscillating. But for other things we have to rely on, for example, hunting for exoplanets, the transiting of the planet in front of the star to catch that twinkling effect and that's how we know to look for it. Well, That's one method at least of finding exoplanets. And a new space mission builds on the work done by other previous missions like the Kepler Space Telescope to try and find different types of exoplanets out there. Now one of them launched in 2018 is the TESS mission, the Transit Exoplanet Survey Satellite. Now, the main work from that was led by researchers from MIT and launched from Cape Canaveral in April 2018. Now, its main job is to basically scan the entire sky in big, long strips, so vertical strips, using four different very powerful cameras. Now, basically, they take nearly a month-long look to do that one big vertical scan, and they're doing it over 26 vertical stripes. At the completion of its mission after two years, it will have scanned around 85% of the sky. And that's amazing. But the problem is, that gives an awful amount of data. And as the research team in the EHT found, you need some way to actually process all of that data, to hunt through it, to identify changes and unusual things. So astronomers and their computers will use different techniques and algorithms to fossick through that data looking for tiny dips in the star's light, generally caused potentially by a planet passing in front of it. Now, the difference between this and the Kepler mission is that the Kepler mission really only focused on a narrow band of space. It's a small slice of the Milky Way galaxy and looked mostly at distant stars. But TESS instead is targeting very bright nearby stars 
which means that astronomers can then follow up on those discoveries using other technologies, other telescopes to try and image them in more detail. It's basically like a triaging method. Out of all of the stars in the sky and all of the stars in our universe, which one do you focus on? Well, by picking ones that are relatively bright and close, we can use other telescopes then to hunt down in that particular region once we've identified an area of interest. And that's mostly what TESS is using that data for. And a very large team of scientists are basically poring over that data. And the first batch of data has come in. And a paper recently published in the journal, Astronomical Journal, uh, which had a, a co-author list of 141 different astronomers. But the lead author was Daniel Huber, an assistant astronomy professor at the University of Hawaii. And they were finding their first object of interest, which they call TOI 197.01. It's basically TESS object of interest. And what they've identified is a hot Saturn, basically something the size of Saturn that's orbiting incredibly close with an orbit of about 14 days, and therefore it's incredibly hot. Now the mechanism that TESS is using is actually pretty interesting to find this planet. It's like this hot Saturn TOI 197.01. And it's based around a field of astronomy called astroseismology. Basically, the studying of seismic waves in stars, because from that you can actually infer a lot of interesting information. That information includes the star's radius, mass, and age. And if you combine that with other observations that you can make of a star, you can use it to piece together a lot of the details about a planet and a star. Now, for example, in the case of TOI-197, the astroseismologist used how much it was oscillating to determine the star's about 5 billion years old, so pretty close in age to the sun, and it's a little heavier and larger than the sun. And they also, using the same technique, determined TOI-197.01's category. It's a gas planet with a radius about nine times that of Earth, pretty much the size of Saturn, but it's much lighter, about 60 times the mass of Earth, then, which is pretty light when you consider it compared to Saturn. But it really is a good proof of concept of the type of data you can add aggregate up using astroseismology, which is this new field in astronomy, which can look for all kinds of different stellar objects, stars like our sun, white dwarfs, different kinds of stars, and understand what's actually going on on the surface of them, whether it's surface convection on the surface of the star, maybe some type of tidal excitation, where maybe an orbit between a couple of stars or any other objects starts to change the surface of it. Nevertheless, it's an interesting way to sort of hunt for planets. And it goes to show that to understand what's out there in the universe, you have to rely on some pretty odd techniques to try and infer what's actually going on. So there's some great research from a very large team of scientists all working on the test mission and the test data. And over the next couple of years, they'll use it to not only find more exoplanets, but get a lot of details about how stars interact with the planets that are orbiting them, and also with each other, and use and develop a whole new field of astronomy. Now, speaking of fantastic images of space, you can't have a conversation about talking about beautiful and incredibly precise and crisp images of space without, of course, referencing the venerable NASA's Hubble Space Telescope. Now, since its launch many, many years ago, Hubble has been rewarding the very patient scientists who have been working with it, even after numerous repairs, replacement of cracked mirrors, you name it. 
it still manages to churn out beautiful and complex images that can change our understanding of the universe, but also enrich our lives just on a cultural level. But scientists using the Hubble Space Telescope have managed to capture an incredibly precise and exciting moment in time. A lot of the time when we talk about astronomical events, we talk about timescales of like millions of years or billions of years. Because that's generally, like in geology, this timescale, large things happen over. But in terms of small events, maybe like something like an asteroid or a meteor, these things are most likely happening in small flickers or glimmers of time. So capturing them as they occur is incredibly difficult. Now we're going to look at, in particular, an asteroid by the name of GALT. 6478 is its number. Basically the numbering of the order of discovery. And it was first discovered in 1988. It's about a four kilometer wide asteroid that is located more than 344 million kilometers from the sun. It's one of the over 800,000 known asteroids that hang out in the asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter. Now, what scientists have actually imaged is an incredibly interesting moment in time. Now, when asteroids uh, basically get heated differentially by the sun, through some kind of rotation that's happening, it can undergo a process known as the YORP effect. YORP stands for the Yarkovsky okifajewski paddock the name of the four scientists who came up with the concept. Basically, when the sun heats an asteroid, infrared radiation escapes from its warmed surface, but that infrared radiation that radiates out of the asteroid also changes the angular momentum of the asteroid. Because not only is it reflecting heat and emitting heat, it's also emitting some of its angular momentum. Now, all of this introduces a tiny little nudge, a tiny amount of torque that can cause the asteroid to continually spin faster and faster. Basically, the heating from the sun just gives it a nudge every so often. And with no friction in space, over time, this builds up to be something quite amazing. Now, the resulting centrifugal force starts to overcome the gravity on the asteroid's surface, the gravity holding this lump of rock together. And that means the asteroid's surface starts to become unstable. This leads to landslides, which may send off dust and rubble drifting off into space as a big tail. And this can happen at a couple miles per hour, or basically the speed of a strolling human. Now, the researchers estimate that GALT has been slowly spinning faster and faster and increasing in speed for about 100 million years. But every so often you'll get one of these YORP effect events where dust will be kicked off in a landslide. Now, the first initial clue for actually capturing one of these events in process came all the way back in January 5 in 2019, when the NASA-funded Asteroid Terrestrial Impact Last Alert System Atlas, a telescope in Hawaii, managed to pick up some unusual activity, a small tail or debris cloud of dust on the asteroid. So then researchers trolled through archival data from December 2018 from both Atlas and the Panoramic Survey Telescope and Rapid Response System, PANSTARS, which is also located in Hawaii. In mid-January, they actually spotted a second shorter tail by the Canada-France-Hawaii Telescope in Hawaii and the Isaac Newton Telescope in Spain, as well as a number of other observatories all chipping in to look at this strange event. So the analysis suggests that there were two dust events which occurred between October 28 and December 30, 2019. 
2018. And that is particularly interesting because now telescopes had something to go look back through their archives to hunt for. So the William Herschel Telescope, which is run by the ESA, and the optical ground station in La Palma, Tenerife, and the Himalayan Chandra Telescope in India, basically monitored the asteroid over a two-hour period, looking at its rotation and looking at this critical speed at which these loose rubble piles begin to slide off the side of the asteroid and out into the debris trail. Now, all of that gave a tremendous amount of data of these big dirt balls of dust around 150 metres across, sliding off and impacting and creating a big trail of dust or a tail, almost like a comet. Now, the tail is estimated to stretch over a, a length of 800,000 kilometres and is roughly 4,000 kilometres wide. And there's actually two of them. There's one which is about a quarter of the size of the main tail. But this is the first time we've actually picked up an asteroid spinning itself apart and captured using the Hubble Space Telescope. A really tremendous image, which you can see as the episode image for this week. And that goes to show some incredibly in things that you can manage to achieve if you find an odd event in space and you manage to train all of the world's telescopes to capture that exact precise moment in time so you can capture some beautiful space imagery. So imaging objects in space is really a team effort. It involves people trawling over years and years of data to try and find those one little opportunity where you can spot something truly remarkable. And this is a great example of that case with researchers from all over the world piecing together and turning their telescopes to try and capture the first image of a Yorpavect in process. Some great work, large team of global researchers and astronomers. We talk often about all of these incredible algorithms that scientists have to use to pour over huge amounts of data to try and find anomalies and try and find exoplanets. But a new field of research is popping up and that is using the same techniques pioneered in astronomy and applying it to other areas where there are similar huge treasure troves of data that can be collected or actually gone out and measured to produce and use the same algorithms to hunt for something. And an example of that has been recently presented at the Unifying Tropical Ecology Conference in Edinburgh, with researchers from the British Ecological Society, including Dr. Claire Burke at Liverpool's John Moores University, to list herself as an astroecologist. And the reason for it is an interesting one. So if you like orangutans, you'll know a couple of things about them. Aside from being the librarian character from Terry Pratchett's Discworld universe, they're also found in tropical rainforests. And that tropical rainforests are under threat from deforestation, particularly from the palm oil industry. Now, the reason why orangutans are at such threat from deforestation is, like all great apes, they build a sleeping nest high in the trees. And traditionally, the way we estimate orangutan numbers is actually by walking around from the ground and looking up and counting how many nests you can see. The problem is... That's incredibly difficult, costly and time-consuming to survey a huge area. It also can miss a lot of things too. So drones have been used to cover large areas of difficult ground quickly. 
to monitor for endangered wildlife from above. But the problem is, that makes it quite difficult to actually see and identify and piece out from all this drone video footage exactly where the nests are. A human can move a little bit, identify that, look at an area of interest quite quickly as they find it. But sorting through thousands and thousands and thousands of images from drones is a very difficult task indeed. Much in the same way that trawling through telescope images or radio Im telescope images is incredibly time consuming. Now, adding in thermal monitoring cameras adds a lot of benefits, but the problem is that adds even more data to search through. Now, thermal imaging cameras give the ability to detect difficult to find animals at any time of day or night because of their heat signatures. So a large team of field researchers conducted 28 flights at two sites over six days and successfully spotted 41 orangutans from the air, all of which were then later confirmed by ground observers, which is a great combination of technology but basically they had to perform their flights either before 9am or after 7pm, mostly to weed out the heat from the ground, throwing off their sensors. But the problem is, the way they actually use and analyse this large amount of data relies on the same techniques that they use to spot stars and galaxies. The same techniques of looking through the differences in images and looking for oscillations or slight changes in the temperature and regions is exactly the same as used to capture and identify exoplanets or process large amounts of images. So these astroecologists like Dr. Claire Burke are developing new tools and algorithms using machine learning to not only identify and spot these fingerprints of these different types of species in the thermal image spectrum, but also then to track them over time, monitor the nests, and even identify different subspecies, much in the same way as we identify different stars, by categorizing the type of thermal image and the data you see. Now this work has tested these results of spider monkeys in Mexico, the riverine rabbits in South Africa, but now also orangutan populations in Sabah in Malaysia. And this goes to show the great collaboration between researchers that can occur. A technique or an approach developed for one field, astronomy in this case, can be refined and reapplied to another important field here on Earth, in this case, conservation ecology. Some great work published and discussed at the Conference of the Unifying Tropical Ecology in Edinburgh, led by researchers from Liverpool John Moores University, including Dr. Claire Burke, working together with the World Wildlife Fund and Hugh Tan orangutan conservation group this has been the young scientists of australia's podcast lagrange point this week we spoke about new imaging techniques to try and spot asteroids spinning themselves apart new types of planets using seismology and even missing orangutans our ending theme was composed by audio and head to ysa.org.au for more information about the young scientists of australia